Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you're all having a great day out there. Today, Muscle Monday, and it's a special day. It's going to be a good one. Not only for the episode itself, but today is the last day working in Gold's Gym for me. Um, it's been a great time. I'm certainly not leaving because it's a crappy facility at all. Uh, it's a great place, great gym. I've loved my time there. It's been great. Got to meet a lot of uh, a lot of truly great people along the way. But fishing out because it's my last shift before I head back up north again, head back to upstate New York, which is a yeah, little ways away from Dallas, Texas, tell you that much for sure. But it's been a real privilege working at Gold's Gym, working there um, at their headquarters. And actually, it was great um, interviewing for the job and the position. And it's that when I originally applied, I didn't realize that this was their headquarter facility. So to be able to be at their headquarter facility, to be able to make a real impact and a big difference on them, um, that was certainly meaningful. And I've certainly enjoyed my time being able to invest in the place and being able to do that and meeting a ton of great people. So today I'm finishing out, uh, you know, seeing a bunch of bunch of great people, a bunch of colleagues of mine, uh, a bunch of other clients of mine, uh, seeing eight different clients today, which will be, uh, you know, good to finish out overall. Certainly no complaints in my mind with that. But today we're talking about the anterior deltoid. So the deltoid, that big old shoulder muscle, we've got kind of three major parts to it. And of course, one of those parts is the anterior part. So it's got an anterior, a medial, uh, or a, I should say a, a middle, which is really more like the lateral outside part of the deltoid on the posterior. We've talked about the middle part before, but today we're talking anterior, and usually it's uh, the anterior part's overdeveloped compared to the posterior, the back, but here's the reason why we're talking about it today, and it's importance in the front rack position and keeping that shoulder up nice and strong. But before we get to too much of its functionality, aside from, you know, a little but if, ooh, that's something that's something different. That's something that I wouldn't expect that he went there. Okay, let's talk about its anatomy as we always start. The deltoid has a really cool relationship with the trapezius muscle group. So where the deltoid has its origin is that kind of ring around the clavicle to the chromium to spine of the scapula, that triangle. We basically have that same ring of three that has its insertion of the trapezius for the upper, upper, middle, and lower fibers that comprise it. So certainly a pretty cool muscle group, certainly very impactful, very uh, very important along the way, um, and it's certainly gonna have um, great function for us. So the anterior deltoid, its origin for its part, is on, some sources say lateral half, some say lateral third of the clavicle, but the outside portion of the clavicle there, and it's on the kind of upper, the superior, and slightly posterior surface of that clavicle. Uh, then it inserts where the entire deltoid muscle inserts in um, the deltoid tuberosity, which a deltoid tuberosity is on the outside of, um, yeah, is on the outside of the arm, the humerus. And uh, another fun fact about the deltoid, usually in the middle deltoid, in the deltoid in general, that's where they will go ahead and they'll inject for if you need a flu vaccine or any of this other stuff, that's where the injection typically occurs. So there'll be some good uh, muscle soreness in that area for sure. But you gotta make sure that, you know, obviously the uh, person doing it is very skilled. 
Uh, I've heard of a couple freak incidents where they've actually caused a nerve palsy by going into the wrong place. Um, they are going too deep near the joint or anything, which they should have no reason to do. It just needs to be in the muscle belly itself. But, uh, well, you know, sometimes we don't always uh, make the best choices along the way. So that's the origin of the deltoid. Uh, then the insertion, like we said, deltoid tuberosity. So this large, broad muscle that covers kind of the huge um, area of the shoulder. It's almost as if you were kind of, if you're looking at the right shoulder, you stick your palm on the very top of that right shoulder, bring your fingers across, narrow pointed in, and that's basically the deltoid in that area, encompassing the whole superficial part of that shoulder region. Um, it doesn't do a ton for stability for us in terms of, oh my gosh, it keeps the ball and socket of the um, glenohumeral joint really stable. That's more the job of the rotator cuff and a couple other stabilizing muscles. But this is more of one of the prime movers, one of the big force producers in the body in that deltoid region. Now let's talk about innervation because we can't have any muscle action without innervation. So the nerve that innervates deltoid, and this is true for all three components of it, is the axillary nerve and specifically this anterior division of the axillary nerve that innervates the deltoid. We've got the posterior division innervating another muscle kind of in the back. Well, there's a scapular stabilizer as well. Uh, then the nerve roots as far as the spinal nerves that come off to innervate the deltoid is C5 and C6, so those upper two segments of the brachial plexus in these areas. Um, and the axillary nerve comes off the posterior cord um, of the brachial plexus, so uh, often along with the radial nerves. So sometimes you know you can have what they call a, a Saturday night palsy, a temporary, hopefully not temporary, uh, hopefully only temporary, but a compression injury to the posterior cord of the brachial plexus, which is the radial nerve and axillary nerve. And that's just by, you know, Saturday night palsy, hanging your arm over the side, having compression up against the chair underneath an armpit. Um, even more of an implication than just a Saturday night palsy, this is one reason why you really want to make sure with using crutches that it's not jammed up into the armpit. You know, it's you've got to have a lot of strength, a lot of musculature to support um, the crutches, not just through your passive weight, but through really all your what you're able to use for um, your strength so you don't have it jammed up in that armpit area. Alright, now here's what we actually care about, right? We care about the muscular function, what the muscle actually does. So what does the anterior deltoid do? It flexes the shoulder and it gives it a slight, uh, not much, but a slight internal rotation. Um, so it helps internally rotate the shoulder just a little bit, round it out forward, and it helps raise it up into flexion. Normally, from my perspective, you'd be like, okay, sweet, it's a good muscle, it's an important muscle, but you're not gonna have a huge problem with it, right? I mean, there's the, the irritation that happens in the shoulders primarily more so happens with the rotator cuff as opposed to the deltoid itself. And, you know, you usually got more strength going forward than you do coming back because that's what we do for function all the time. So we're not as worried about that component of it as much as we are other portions. Um, so typically I'd say, you know what? Eh, anterior deltoid, it's good. Um, but it's usually not neglected that much in too many people. But let's talk about its action a little bit more specifically in terms of functional roles. What I want to really bring up today is its role in the front rack position. So you're doing a front squat and you've got it kind of racked up there. What, do you, what are some of the main things you have to focus on with the front squat? 
obviously keeping an upright torso. If you bend for it at all, boom, the bar falls. Guess what? If the bar falls, you're doing a pretty crappy job holding it there. I mean, that's just, that's gravity for you folks. In addition to a lot of core stability, upright, you've obviously got to have good leg strength and power. This requires range of motion. Partially range of motion in the hips and uh, the hip area and the pelvis to be able to get the depth of the squat. But even outside the depth of the squat, to get that front rack position and the top shape, what do you have to be able to do? Well, you have to be able to keep these shoulders up, the elbows up, and this arm elevation position relies on thoracic or mid-back where the ribcage is, extension. So instead of crumpling forward a little bit, you really need to kind of have a good strong extension in that area. You have good strong extension in the upper thoracic area, which normally with any type of arm elevation overhead, especially to both sides bilaterally, um, what we typically see is that we need that extension to occur at the segments of T1 through T3 um, and C7 included as well. And that's just that's normal biomechanics. A lot of people are tight or a little more rigid at that junction at the C7, T1, T2 area of the cervical thoracic junction. So we need to be able to help impart mobility to that area, not just of the joint itself, but of all the musculature surrounding it. Um, as you go down deeper into a squat, the thoracolumbar fascia of the low back that bleeds into the lat attachment winds up. So any kind of over, overhead position, especially in a stable shoulder joint, which needs to be externally rotated slightly in the front rack position so that the wrists are slightly more out wider than the shoulders are themselves when you hold it. That's extremely important for the front rack position. Um, in terms of getting that up to especially be able to use it to press off later. Now if you're just doing it to say, hey, I want a front squat, I have eh, kind of piss poor mobility to a certain extent, we can work around that. You can work on the front rack position where, okay, instead of truly achieving a, a front rack, I can go ahead and I can have the bar resting on top of my shoulders. I can internally rotate my shoulders um, pretty darn far. So that way, the when the bar is over my left shoulder, is my right hand crossing over supporting it. When the bar is on my right shoulder, it's my left hand crossing over supporting it. We can definitely do that for a strategy, but that uh, I would not recommend that as typical if you're truly trying to progress. If you're saying, listen, let me just get to a front squat. Let me just do that for now for a while. Yeah, you, you can make that work, absolutely. Um, but that's kind of what we have to weigh the cost of is what are you looking to do to actually progress or are you not looking to progress? And that's what we have to consider when we choose, okay, what are we going after? Are we kind of drilling, 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 getting this mobility aspect in really strong um, or not? So again, for a lot of people, there's gonna be internal resistance just to get into this position. Just to assume, assume the position, just to get in that position, there's gonna be internal resistance in the body where if you're doing this with no weight and truly either no bar like a PVC pipe and driving the elbows up, keeping it strong, externally rotate the shoulders, good thoracic position, it's gonna feel like, man, this is tough, this is tight to do it. But then we have load to that, right? So it's a challenge. Now, I'm typically, typically a fan of, you've gotta have a decent mobility because we want, you want to, um, you want to reinforce a good motor pattern, a good movement pattern. Do you need perfect mobility to do an exercise? No, because the act of doing the exercise itself is going to reinforce that mobility. It's going to reinforce the muscular strength 
and the joint movement in the direction that you need it and that you required it for the movement. So does it need to be perfect? No. But do you want to be shoulder pressing overhead into a position of significant shoulder impingement? No, you do not. You need to clean that up. You need to clean up some of the mobility. So it all has to play with the irritation. If you're just stiff and you're tight and there's not significant irritation with it, um, you know, is it ideal? No. But can you use it as a uh, treatment option to help improve it over time? Absolutely. Without a doubt, you can. And so it's a role that anterior deltoid, if I didn't kind of hit it over the head enough to drive those elbows up nice and high. Because if you don't have the elbows high, if all of a sudden you're resting the bar on your shoulders and there's no shoulder ledge to rest it on, on the front part, on that anterior delt. And by the way, the more it builds up your anterior delt side, the more of a cushion you'll feel for that front squat position. So it won't be as uh, as intense. Uh, you know, still maybe, maybe tender after I front squat. Um, I'll say heavy for myself. Um, you know, I'm certainly not um, the best out there, but I'll hit... You know, I'll hit 205, 215 for sure for some 8 to 10 reps. Um, blow it up across the shoulders. I'll feel a little tender there the next couple days just in the area purely from a mechanical loading standpoint of, oh, I put, I put some weight across here. Not damaging, not irritation, but I certainly wouldn't do it three days in a row. I'll tell you that much. So, front squats, they're great for you. Um, you need that anterior deltoids to drive it up. That's what we typically don't think of. So if you're, we're already facing this internal resistance to get there, it's going to take more demand to be in that area, but you got to force the mobility, force the mobility, force the mobility, and repeat it with getting strong and stable in that position. It's one thing to have the drive of the shoulders up when there's no internal resistance. When you're standing up, when you're neutral, when there's no windup of the thoracolumbar fascia, um, when you're not working on, oh my gosh, I have to control it so I don't have this valsalva maneuver um, where I'm holding my breath all the time, but I can actually, you know, go up and drive through a front raise is easy for the shoulders but to remind to remind some of my athletes what I'll do sometimes is once they've gotten decent at this once they need just that umph little bit more of effort to you gotta freaking drive up with the shoulders and it's not a um it's not a passive movement just holding the shoulders there because what happens a lot of times where I see people fail is they either go down too quickly and what happens is the bar loses contact ever so slightly for a millisecond with the shoulders and once you do that you after yourself big time um, you need to be able to have that stability all along the way. In addition, let's say that you, let's say that for whatever reason you're able to go down slowly, but you're still losing it. The elbows are dropping forward. Where that's going to happen is as the body anticipates going from an eccentric control position, transitioning at the bottom to a concentric. So right as the muscular activation controls from eccentric to concentric, usually at the bottom position where you're not truly doing the isometric hold at the bottom, but you're kind of doing a little sweep of, oh, I'm, I'm touching bottom, but I'm coming right back up, which is normal for a heavyweight position. So what happens is as we have the um, change in contraction from eccentric to concentric, right as the last little about millimeter or so of dipping down, when our muscle contraction changes and we overcome that force of gravity concentrically coming back up, that's where we typically lose it with an even an increased change in contraction type and increased output demand of the muscular system. Increased force of contraction, direction of contraction. 
what happens is, okay, we're using that to drive upwards through the legs. As we do that through our neural input, oftentimes many athletes will forget about keeping that shoulder position and driving high. So I'll remind them of that. And then I'll just do front raises in between sets. I'll do, you know, for some athletes, if they're able to front squat decently heavy and they have the arm strength for it, they're just grabbing a 25 pound plate, one hand, just pulling it up. And I'll tell them, listen, I, yes, I want you to keep good form, but I really don't care that much about form. Uh, you need to keep your back stabilized and still, so it's truly only your shoulders, your deltoids that are working. But I just need you to practice freaking driving the shoulder up and oftentimes having that high level neural output um, above the system with talking to them is enough to get them driving that way. But let's say that, hey, we're not working on front squat. I just wanna, I just wanna work on my anterior delts. I just wanna get them strong and stable. Cool, perfect. Well, the other fact that I didn't talk about is anytime you do any kind of overhead press, that's a high enough weight. If it's just a low weight, yeah, you'll get the mid, your mid delts, your uh, your the lateral part of the deltoid. But if you do a high level output, both the anterior and posterior deltoids will be helping along the action as well. It'll be happen, helping to stabilize in there. So as we go ahead and do that, we've got those We've got those muscles active really well. We often talk about both open and closed chain exercises to be able to to be able to help um, with strength strengthening these muscles. So for open chain exercises, I mean front raises all day. Um, the key is if you're truly doing a front raise and you're saying you're doing a front raise, freaking do a front raise. Don't do lumbar extension. So don't stand up straight tall there and just hinge at the back to kind of throw some weight up. Get some lumbar extension, get some core stabilization in that and actually, actually use the anterior deltoids. Another thing that you can do just to reinforce the pattern of driving up is doing kettlebell swings. Now primarily for kettlebell swings, you should, you truly should be using mostly um, yeah, you should, you should be using mostly your legs for that, about 20% arms with heavy weight. But you can use this as a important motion to go ahead and, okay, let me reinforce the pattern of driving my shoulders up, keeping that stability, getting a little bit through the eccentric shoulders and slowing that motion down through the swing slightly. Yes, you're using momentum, but you can use it as a, as a strengthening to, to minorly control it and calibrate that muscle. And get some overflow too, get used to using, okay, let's use some high weight through the legs, and then get a little bit of overflow as a burnout potentially for those shoulders once you've already worked them out. Closed chain, um, doing some overhead presses, especially with barbell in that area, because you keep the distal part of your body nice and fixated. You can also do um, handstands, handstand push-ups, a variety of these type of motions. Um, in there where you're not to a full handstand, but you can kind of block your knees in towards your elbows as you're standing up, doing a couple of presses, weight shifting back and forth, having a lot of variability like that. It's not a true, well, it's, it's a pseudo closed chain exercise because yes, you're fixated at the end. Um, yeah, so we'll call, call it a pseudo one, but doing something like an ab wheel. Your ab wheel, yes, you should be predominantly core, hence the name ab wheel, but there certainly is a lot of room too for getting the shoulders involved in that as well. And so, you know, I might do that at the end of a, shoulder, of a good shoulder workout where I can emphasize it with the ab wheel to really get that muscular development and true burn in that area. 
all right thank you all for listening to this um it was a true pleasure uh delivering a little info about the anterior delt especially with that front rack position but it's even more fun for me actually getting out there with athletes and making it happen along the way so any questions hit me up let's make it happen but until then it's gonna be a strong finish a strong day at gold's gym got eight eight clients i'm working with gonna make a big difference in their lives and hey basically out here having a party today getting better every single day all right y'all get strong get after it simply not easy